Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Plenty to get to today. Uh, just one guest lined up. Chris Gedney joins us at 1.30 as he does every Thursday at 1.30. We'll talk some Q's football as the Orange gets set to travel down to Tallahassee, Florida. They actually have a chance this year as they take on the Florida State Seminoles. We'll certainly talk World Series. Seth, we wanted an epic Game 7. We did not get an epic Game 7. We got some early runs and then not much else after that. Serious question here. How many of those SI covers will George Springer sign over the rest of his life? A lot. Millions? I don't know about millions. That's a lot. I mean, that's... That might be overstating it that, a little bit. They're, they're, he's going to be signing those forever. Yes. Yeah. He was on the cover three years ago, if, if you've somehow missed this. Three years ago, he was the cover picture, and the headline was, your 2017 world champions, the Houston Astros. Not only did they win, he was the MVP. He was awesome. Incredible. Starts the game with the double, then hits the the home run. I mean, that was really the knockout punch yeah. in the second inning off of you, Darvish. Uh, we, we could get into Dave Roberts' decision to leave in Darvish for that second inning, to to leave in Darvish against Springer, who had just doubled off of him the first time up. We can talk about that later in the show. Uh, but we've got 90 minutes here before our first guest. I want to talk SU basketball for a majority of those 90 minutes. And again, phone lines open. I want to hear from you at 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. What are our our takeaways uh, from that exhibition game last night? It's only it's always dangerous, Seth, to to draw too many conclusions. It's like when you know SU football opens the season against an FCS opponent. What did we really see? You know, did Syracuse have sixteen blocks because it's a Division two opponent, yes. or or is the defense better? I, I think it might no, be a little bit of both. Yeah, um, I'm not expecting sixteen blocks against Duke, um, but I, I do think that that this team has two legitimate shot blockers. So. Everything we say today, all of our observations, again, keep in mind, take it with a grain of salt. It was a Division II opponent. It was an exhibition game. What did we think? I mean, what did, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought, Seth, and, and I, I'm curious to hear from you because yeah. you didn't see the orange-white scrimmage. No, I did not. My impressions leaving that scrimmage were, were much the same impressions that I got last night watching this team. We know Ty's battle is the number one option. Absolutely. He is really good. I was... Pleasantly surprised by O'Shea Brissett in the scrimmage, and I told you sure. he's going to be a, a legit player for this team. Will probably be the second leading scorer. He was the second leading scorer last night. Uh, Pascal Chuku, shot blocker, probably not going to do much on the offensive end. Had two points, six blocks. Uh, the other big freshman in the middle, and and on a side note here. We've been calling him Barama Sidibe. That is what Mike Hopkins told Mike Hopkins recruited him. And last year, Mike Hopkins told me that is how you pronounce it. Apparently, that is He's not wrong. how you pronounce it. Um, we could say this because Mike's not here anymore. Right. He was wrong. Well, no. We, I would tell him <laughs> even if he was here. But you told me last year it's Sidibe. Uh, apparently, it's Sidibe. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to change the way we pronounce it until further notice. Barama Sidibe. It was weird, by the way, looking over to the SU bench and not seeing him, wasn't it? Yes. It, it was weird. Yes. 
It's going to take some getting used yeah. to. Uh, but Alan Griffin working with the big guys now, and, and apparently Alan's doing something right because 10 points, 8 rebounds, 6 blocks from Bay on his uh, 20th birthday. Uh, so he's got a little more offense, I think, than Chuku. They're, they're both uh, defensive presence presences. Is that, is that a word? They're both a defensive presence. Yeah. Um, Matthew Moyer, I told you leaving that scrimmage, I said he's, he's going to be a... An effective rebounder. He's going to, you know, be a little more physical than maybe we expected. Ten rebounds last night from Moyer. So I guess my point is, Seth, uh, my observations from They're from the, the scrimmage they carried over yeah. to to last night. What, what yeah. did you think? No, I, I I think mostly what I expected. Uh, Tyus Battle was really good. Shocker. Uh, you know, Frank Howard had his good moments and his bad. Right, he had. Fi- 15 points, 8 rebounds, but he also had 6 turnovers to just 2 assists. You know, so it, it, it was like good and bad with Frank. Um, I am, I don't want to say concerned, but let's take it with a grain of salt here. I'm concerned about Chukwu. Uh, yeah, he had 6 blocks, but he was also 6 inches taller than Southern New Hampshire's tallest player. And he fouled out. I was going to say, I think he's going to have Dave. He fell down. I think he's going to have Daywan Coleman syndrome, where if he's like in the vicinity of a guy, they're going to call foul on him. That's that was the impression I got. Fouls are going to be an issue yeah, for this guy. I, I mean, I just I, I would be concerned that he fouled out in an exhibition game in 18 minutes uh, against the Division Two team. I, I mean, there was no reason for that. Um, I thought Sidibe uh, was much better offensively than Shukwu. Uh, one thought on that, there was a play where he got the ball down. He, he, uh, caught a lob back to the basket, could have just turned and dunked. He put it on the floor. You can't do that. That's going to get taken away by any good, uh, ACC defense. And I think it was actually last night by Southern New Hampshire. Uh, some of the, look, the the blocks were great and the two of them combined for what? 11, 12? How many uh, blocks? blocks? Twelve blocks. The, Both the had two six. of them combined for twelve blocks. Uh, you're not going to get that on a regular basis, of course. Uh, but they they both look like legitimate shot blockers. Yes, and um, and if you can do that, that will allow you to press. And I think we absolutely. all we all liked what we saw out of the press last night. Yes, yeah. The the press look. The press did exactly what it should. Right. It it, it flustered uh, a team that is smaller, less athletic, and less talented. And it did exactly what it should do. I thought Marek Dolzhai was pretty good in the press. Um, I don't know how much he's gonna play. I like I just looked at him and I was like, man, he's even smaller than I thought he was. Uh, so I just don't know how much he's gonna play, and I really think he would benefit from a red shirt year. Yes, like really benefit I mean, from a red shirt year. That's the biggest thing with him. He's got to put on some weight and some right. muscle, and that's what you use a red shirt for. Right. Just ask I, Matthew Moyer. I'm intrigued by him. Like I, I'm intrigued by the, this kid that we don't know much about, but I, I just don't think that he's ready to go this year. Um, O'Shea Brissett impressed with the the ways he can score. Uh, some of it again. Look, some of it was you're playing Southern New Hampshire and you get the ball in the wing and you're just faster and stronger than people and and you ran around them and you saw that a couple times. But uh, the variety, you know, he's got a jumper. He's got he's got the ability to go to the basket. There's there's a, a variety to his game. Yeah, you said it's a Division two opponent, and again, I I get it. The step back three, I, I mean, if you're doing that with no one on you in the gym practicing, I right. mean, that's still, I mean, it's smooth. I mean, he he is a smooth player. 
Um, and yeah, he can run the floor. He can score in a variety of ways. We saw that in the scrimmage as well. He's got the mid-range jumper. He's got the ability to hit the three, and he's got the ability to get to the basket. And so, again, I don't care if he's doing it all alone at the Mellow Center with nobody guarding him. Uh, some of those, some of those moves, and and his ability to finish. Um, it's it's impressive stuff. The kid oh, looks like a player. Um, and 17 points, 11 rebounds in, in his you know preseason debut. I was impressed by his ability and Moyer's ability. And again, I know they were bigger uh, than Southern New Hampshire, but the fact that they were invested on the backboards, right. that, that is, you know, you, rebounding is all about effort. And and even against a Division Two opponent, they both they shared an effort. To, and they're going to need right. that because what's the biggest question mark? The biggest question mark on this team is the, is the center position. And in order... For that back line to be able to hold its own against other back lines against good teams, the forwards are going to have to rebound. And the fact that Moyer and Brissett both had double-digit rebounds and both seemed invested and wanting to to get on the backboards, I thought that was an encouraging sign. Oh, absolutely. That that they cared enough in a preseason game that they had that effort. I, I think is important. Um, I asked this last night, you know, with with some of the guys I was sitting with, um, and I'll ask you the question too. What what's the bar for Matthew Moyer? What's the What's the expectation this year? Like, is it too much to ask for, like, uh, eight and eight? You know what I mean? Like, like that was no. That was I Tyler, don't think that's like, too much to ask. Eight, but to, to put in perspective, eight and eight was Tyler Roberson's best year at SU. Yeah. Right, that was his junior year. Is it too much to ask for eight points and eight rebounds out of your starting four? No, I don't think that's too much to ask at all. And I think the rebounds again. I I think this kid is going to rebound. You know, we we talked to him after the game. Uh, and and I think we have that comment queued up for you where, where Moyer's talking about the the rebounding. The, he gets it. Like he realizes he's not the number one scoring option on this team. It's obviously Battle and Brissett and Frank Howard and Geno Thorpe. When we see him, Thorpe did not play again last night because of the ankle injury. Moyer is not here to necessarily score. I mean, they need everyone to chip in, but. He's that guy, like I talked about yesterday on the show, Seth, I said everybody needs that guy who does the, the, does dirty, the work. dirty work, yeah. rebounds, gets on the floor, hustle plays, has some energy, you know, in the press, he's he's hustling around trying to speed up the opponent. I think that's going to be Matthew Moore. Let, let's hear from from uh, the redshirt freshman after last night's game. Yeah, you know, um, I think I, you know, I got to make a few more shots here and there, but I think, you know, rebounding is something that I can do consistently every single game, and I know I can bring that to the table every single time and effort, you know, the things that nobody sees and um, just making plays. Two for seven from the field. So offensively, it didn't go the way he wanted to. Had that nice play where he had the rebound in the first half and, and just went right back up with it from the free throw line. And, and that was a smooth jumper. Had five points. But the ten rebounds, and again, him talking about you know, I can control control what you can control. Sometimes you can't control whether or not your shot goes in or if you're getting good looks. You can control your effort. You can control rebounding to some degree. And and to your point about Roberson, they're obviously different players, but that sure. mentality with Roberson was when he's plugged in and when he's just every rebound is his, right. like the 20 rebound performance he had at Duke, right. he impacts the game. He doesn't have to score a single point, and he has a huge impact on the game. And a lot and of I times think, he didn't. And right, you're you're right, and I think Matthew Moyer, along those lines, can be that same kind of player, like the plugged in Roby. Right, they can get that out of Moyer on a regular basis because so much about it is just mentality and effort. And I I know my role. I don't need to score. I'll score if it comes to me. Let the game come to me. But I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna try to grab every rebound. You know, every every time there's a missed shot, I'm gonna go try to get it. And and it, it right. is a mentality. And I like the fact that after one preseason game, that's what he's talking about. The fact he's going to be that guy who does the dirty work. 
Yeah, and and Syracuse needs somebody to do it. Uh, they do. Um, I, I'm not sure how great a rebounder Chukwu is. Okay, I just don't know. Uh, he's tall, but he doesn't have a big body, and and I think we saw that again last night. He only finished with six rebounds, and again, he's six inches taller than anybody on the court for the other team. Uh, like you, you should finish with more than six rebounds when you're that much taller than anybody else. Um, so I I don't I just I don't know how great a rebounder he is. So if Moyer can get the job done, if Brissett can rebound uh, well on, on a regular basis, if Frank Howard can can rebound the way he he did from the guard position, um, that would be a a big help uh, for SU. Something they're going to need. Yeah, and they actually they put Howard on the back line there a little bit uh, on the zone when they played the three guards when it was Battle Washington. And that was Howard. interesting. I didn't expect him to Frank play. Frank Howard back. was on the back line and. Again, I mean, the, the coaches are at practice every day. They know what they're doing. He he had eight rebounds, and you know, I, I assume it's a situation where they want to keep Battle in his natural position, and he's used to playing up right. top. And Frank's been in the system now. This is his third year, and um, he's got some size as well. And, and he's long and lanky. Yeah, and he, he had eight rebounds last night. Uh, obviously, the assist to turnover ratio not what you want it to no. be out of your starting point guard. I mean, he also th- this was something I found interesting. Uh, he struggled finishing around the basket. He he really did. Uh, he struggled on layups, uh, you know, on, on short shots. Uh, we know that the jump shots a work in progress, right? It has been for three years. We we know that. Uh, but like try, just finishing around the basket. I mean, there 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 must have been what four or five easy looks that he missed uh, that that he couldn't get uh, finished over somebody maybe. Uh, and again, against a a lesser opponent, you know it. it What's going to happen when you are playing that better team? When you are playing, you know, forget Duke, you know, when you're playing Clemson and Wake Forest and uh, Georgia Tech and, and those yeah. middle of the pack to bottom that's you know, a, it's ACC It's a fair teams. point. I, w- I would say this. If it if it becomes a trend with him over the course of, you know, the, the early part of the season, then I think maybe, you know, SU fans can be concerned about it. I would say at this point, again, he missed – much of his offseason recovering from the sports hernia surgery, so sure. he was a little bit further behind than everyone else. Um, yeah, everybody's shaking off the rust last night. It was the first exhibition game, so maybe something to keep our eye on. I'm not going to kill him for it. I, I think it's, again, if it becomes a trend, then then we could discuss it more, but I, I'll, I will say this, Seth, um, if he struggles, or if he has, I mean, last night, two assists, six turnovers, had, what, two or three turnovers in the first five to six minutes, and then Howard Washington, first guy off the bench, um, I thought Washington did enough, and I think the coaches have enough confidence in him at this point, that he will get some playing time. I mean, he had two assists last night, no turnovers, finished with 11 points, got off to a shaky start shooting the basketball, but he admitted afterwards a lot of nerves in the first half, played more like himself in the second half, hit three threes yeah. uh, in the second half. Um, the the coaches compare him to Tyler Ennis. They, they say they really like the, the way that he's a pass-first kind of guy and wants to set up you know the team, get it into its offense, and, and that was something that this team struggled with in the first half. They were a little, a little bit out of sync, a little bit out of, of flow and rhythm uh, on the offensive end. I think Howard Washington's going to see some time this year, even, oh, when, even when Geno Thorpe is healthy. Absolutely. I, I think so. Uh, I think that uh, he'll get his, his run. I, I think he'll get his playing time. Um, the, the shot at times, I don't know how it went in, but it went in. You know, it, it was one of those awkward-looking shots, but it but it goes. Um, and and I, I liked what I saw. You know, it, he, he's a freshman. He's coming in. You know, if he, if he can give you... A couple minutes a game, 
you know that that's good, right? I mean, you're not he's he's going to be your fourth guard. You're not asking him to do too much. You're not asking him to go out and play 35 minutes a night if he can give you 10 good minutes. Like that's probably more than enough, right? Yeah, and and Jim Beheim said that that they're pleased that they got that extra guard and they have a little more depth uh, at that position because if you go into a season with only three guards you can play and one goes down with injury, which has happened already with Geno Thorpe, and it doesn't sound like it's it's serious per se, but it's a nagging ankle injury that they thought would only take a few days to get over. It's now been a couple of weeks. He's still not able to to give it a go. Uh, Coach Beheim said it's possible he'll play on Monday in the second preseason game, but he said he wouldn't bet on it. So this thing's obviously lingering a little bit longer than you'd like. And then, again, if Howard Washington's not on the roster, you're talking about going into the season literally with two guards that are going to play, and, and you've got Frank Howard and Tyus Battle. And, and everything falls on them. At least now you've got another player to throw into the mix. So I think I, numbers game aside, I, I think Washington is is good enough based on what little we've seen that yeah. that he's going to be able to hold his own and, and he's going to get time this year even when Geno Thorpe comes back. Oh, for sure. I think that he's going to play play a role on this team. Um, and you know, I I know that we were kind of saying, oh, Frank Howard's the starter, and you know, last year he had John Gillen to look over his shoulder for, and he probably doesn't have that this year. But if Howard Washington plays well and Frank doesn't, you know, at some point, you know, like I, I don't know that he's out of the woodworks of not looking over his shoulder just yet, you know. And, and that's not to say that Frank didn't play well enough last night to be the starting point guard. He is. He is still going to be the starting point guard of this team. Um, and, and that's not to say that Howard Washington played well enough last week, last night, to become the starting point guard. Um, but I think that the that is closer to possible than we probably thought. You know, because because again, we didn't know anything about Howard Washington, right? We didn't know anything about him coming out of high school, out of the Canadian high school system. So it was like, oh, okay, like let's see what happens. Um, I, I think that he might be a better player than we expected him to be. And Gito Thorpe can handle the point as well. Right. So it's and and that goes for any position. If somebody's struggling, they're going to come out. Somebody else is going to go in. I mean, that's that's the deal at a program as good as Syracuse that you've you've got depth. And so even with Thorpe out with injury, they have that depth to go to Howard Washington. Uh, he played well last night. I, I thought it was a solid preseason debut for this team as a whole. I want to hear from you. 315-437-7644. Observations, takeaways from last night's game. What are your expectations for this team? we got to take our first time out. Four, phone lines are open now up until 1.30 when we bring on Chris Gedney. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBR Offers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. I thought we did a good job in our press. Uh, kind of sped up the game a little bit, forced some turnovers, and uh, we've worked on it. I thought we did some really good things there. The second half, I thought our movement was better. Um, I think the, the freshmen relaxed a little bit and they knocked down a couple shots. But I think overall, uh, you know, it was a good first first step. That was Jim Beheim following last night's 84-54 victory in the preseason opener against Southern New Hampshire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you like to get involved. Syracuse got off to that slow start, Seth, and you know, shaking off the rust. And it's again, you're playing in front of five thousand fans, and for the freshmen, it's their first experience inside the dome. There's jitters all the way around. They fall down 13-8. They go to that press, they get a couple of easy buckets, they take the lead on that Tyus battle uh, dunk off the press. 
part of a 22-0 run. Uh, and it, listen, Syracuse was going to win this game anyway. They were much better and bigger and faster and stronger and all that than Southern New Hampshire. But the press certainly helped. And I think when you look at the makeup of this team and the fact that you have not one shot blocker, but you've got two shot blockers that uh, they're not going to play at the same time. But you can go to that press pretty much at any time with with a combination of those guys. And in the you game. have a center fielder, right? For lack of a better term, that, right? That's that's what that role is. It's it's the free safety. It's the center fielder. It's the guy at the back end who makes sure he doesn't get beaten. Yeah, and you could challenge somebody at the rim right. if if they break the press. So I wonder if. You know, and I, I, this was one of the hot topics last night, and and even into today. Will we see this team press a little bit more? They're very athletic and very long at the guard and forward positions, for that matter. Moyer and Brissett, they've I got length. Will. You've got Tyus Battle. You've got Frank Howard again, long, athletic guys who can get up and down the floor. Uh, Geno Thorpe, Pascal Chukwu's arms are like they they that's the longest arms I've ever seen. He doesn't have to jump to block some shots. I don't know. Does he have to jump to hit to touch the rim? I would assume probably just a little. I don't know. I mean, seven two. I don't think he. Uh, no, he's yes. He's. Does he? I, I would I think know. so. I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. It's not the point. It's got to be close. It's probably no, close. but it shows your wingspan. Yes, that's that's right. the point that I was making. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's intimidating back there, and so is C to B. C to B. See, I knew. <laughs> Anytime you get You're a name in your head, wrong. I've been saying it that way for a year because that's what Mike Hopkins told me. So it's it's gonna take it's sure, gonna take a little sure. bit. Blame to change. it on the guy who we're it not is, gonna talk to. It's his fault. It is. It's his fault. He'll be the first one to admit. I asked him last year, "How do you say his name?" He told me, and uh, he was wrong. But that's okay. See Bay. I got it. It's just it's gonna take. I think you did. I, I have to retrain my brain. That's it's all. all right. The the the. the Can we the, just call him the, like Barama on a regular basis? Can B, that just be his name? B Big B. That's too much like Big Baller brand <laughs> with LeVar. Um, and you don't event, want to call him Big BS. No, you don't. You definitely no, don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Uh, in any event, let's get back to what we were talking about, and that's this, this this press. And and we've seen it at times be very effective, especially in recent years for this team. But a lot of times it's out of necessity, right? It's it, it's towards the end of the game when they're scrambling, they're trying to get back into a game. This team might use it just to change up the momentum in in the first half to try to get some easy buckets. Um, you know, they might struggle to score in the half court at times, especially against good teams. And I, I think that this team, especially early, Seth, is not going to be as good offensively as the team from last year. I think defensively they have a chance to be a lot better. And Absolutely. I think they are I think they almost definitely will be a better defensive team. Only one team way from to go job. but up. But right. there's a difference between being, you know, okay, well they're better just because the other team was so bad or I think they could be they could be, be a, a good, good defensive team. I think they might be a good defensive team. so my That's point more is likely. they may yeah. use that press more than just, you know, 4 minutes left and they're down by 7 and they need to get a couple of easy buckets to try to get back into a game. This might be something they utilize in the first half just to try to mix it up, throw it on for a few possessions and see what happens. Like what uh, Louisville always did. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that. Still. I, don't I, don't, I, I can't speak for what Louisville is going to do now with the coaching change, but what they used to always do, they they would just press from the jump, right? They, well, Syracuse isn't going to do that, but, but they, they may but sprinkle they used it, it as They used it as a change-up, and yeah. they would throw it at you and just to change things up. Uh, I, I think that this team will be good defensively. I do think that they're going to struggle uh, offensively, especially early. Um, I, I, Tyus Battle's a good offensive player. O'Shea Brissett looks like a good offensive player. Um 
I am curious to see when the the lights come on and the competition steps up where the points come from. Other than that, um, I'm curious to see what the, if the points still come from Brissette when the competition steps up and uh, you know right off the bat. Um, but I do think I, I do think that this team will be significantly improved on the defense. And and you you mentioned the press. Um, what better way to get the offense going than get the press and get some easy turnovers and, and dunks. It gets the crowd, you know, it, it, it gets, gets guys energized. Right. It, I mean, it, it helps for so many, I mean, there are intangible reasons why you go to the press, right? And it, it just, it, it changes up the pace of the game. And especially against a team that's trying to slow it down on you, it can be effective even if it doesn't create turnovers. I mean, we saw it against Virginia of all teams. That, right. You know, they Virginia, just got fast. They, yeah, and they, and they flustered. And that's Virginia. And, and they take care of the basketball. So it, it can work. Uh, and it certainly worked last night against a Division Two opponent. But you know, we keep saying we'll we'll see when they play a good team. They, they've got a month to kind of settle in before they face a good team. I mean, Maryland right. is really that first test, November twenty seventh. So they're going to have you know these freshmen. They're going to have you know a handful of regular season games under their belts, plus the the scrimmage and plus the the exhibition games uh, before they they face Maryland. So it's not like they're playing Kansas in the opener. No, uh, they've no, got no. they've got Maryland a month in, and then you know Kansas on December second, and, and and so on and so forth. And that's. Fair. But you know, even at the very least, you know Cornell's a step up from yeah what they're playing now. You know the even at the very least, these teams that they are playing the first month of the year, the first three weeks of the year, are a step up from Southern New Hampshire and Southern Connecticut. Um, so yeah, you know they're, they're still not great teams. And and look, I don't know what the the Ivy League projections are for Cornell as far as making the tournament this year, um, but. You know, it, it is a step up in competition, and, and let's see what happens uh, to the freshmen, to the guys who have never played in a D1 basketball game when that competition steps up. And to that point, it's a good thing that they've got a yes. month, that they've got three weeks until that Maryland game, until that Kansas game, that UConn uh, and, and Georgetown. It's a four-game stretch, and UConn's not very good, uh, but at least they, they've got, uh, what, five games before they hit that four game stretch, four yeah, games got, before they hit that, they've five got five stretch. regular season games plus obviously the two four. exhibitions before Maryland, right? And then right, Maryland, Kansas, UConn, all in a row. Then Colgate sandwiched in between the UConn and Georgetown. Right. So, so at least they've got four, they, they've got five before that next five because uh, you know yeah, UConn might not be thought to be as good this year, but they've got more Still talented players, yes. and it's and it's the AAC which is a step up from. Uh, the lower, the, you know, the the AAC is a step below the Power Five, but a step above everybody else. And it's UConn, and it's right. the Garden, and it's a team right. that's a rival, and it's a team that just beats you, you know. And and you, for all those reasons, it's it's more than just the names on the jersey. Exactly. And it, it's I mean, it's again. But, those, it's, but the point being, those it's those a, teams it feels all have like a big ta- game. The the, to- the point being, the, those teams all have better athletes and better talent than the five you'll face in the first five games. So it's a good thing that they'll have this adjustment period. And this, you know, three or so weeks to get ready for that. Let's hear from Tyus Battle on the importance of these exhibition games, especially for the younger guys. The first time we get to really use our offense, our defense against another team and other coaches and players. So, uh, and it's, it's a good time for the younger guys to just settle in and get used to the fans being out there. It's just a different atmosphere for them for the first time playing college basketball. So it's a good, it's a good opportunity. Yeah, these games are important for a lot of reasons, Seth. I want to hear from O'Shea Brissett right now on his first experience inside the Carry Dome. This was my favorite comment from from last night. We talked to a lot of the guys afterwards. We heard from Jim Beheim. I love this comment from O'Shea Brissett. He's got a smile on his face as he's talking, and you just get the sense that 
this kid loves being at Syracuse and loves the opportunity to play inside the Carrier Dome. Yeah, I was I was nervous. Um, that place is so big. It's huge in there. Never played in a place that big. It's like I'm still shocked every time I see the dome. It's crazy. But um, you know, it's an honor playing in the dome. Great people play in the dome. We're coached by a great coach, so you know, I'm just trying to soak it in as well as stay humble and stay calm. I'm telling you, Seth, this kid's going to be easy to root for. I, I already seems like I it. already really like him, and I, I've barely seen him play. Um, but just the way he goes about his business and uh, the way he carries himself, and again afterwards, he you know he talked about rebounding as well and said, you know, I don't, I just I, I want to help the team, and and the coaches have told me I could be a double digit rebounder for this team, and. You know, if it's on the offensive end, I get it an easy two with a stick back. If it's on the defensive end, I get it to the guards and we're running in transition. Like, this kid gets it, that it's not just about him, it's about the team. And again, there just seems like this genuine, you know, this wide-eyed look on his face as he's talking about the Carrier Dome and, and just this genuine excitement that he's about to to start his, you know, his freshman year at the at the college level. He's, he's going to be easy to root for. I'm telling you, he's going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, and you've got to love that. Uh you know, he he's asked about playing his first game in the dome, and it's not. Hey, it was it was cool to get out here in this building. It wasn't just kind of that normal stuff. It was I kind of get the history, right? Like I kind of I kind of I, I kind of get it. Like there were some really good players here, and this guy on, on the sidelines is pretty good, and has been here for a while. You know, and, and sure, it, he he could have no idea, and he could just be saying that. Uh, but it's a lot better than the canned. Oh, the fans were great tonight. Uh, you know, there's there's a real fun atmosphere, and it was really rocking. Like when it wasn't, and there were 13 people there. Uh, you know, like it, it 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 was nice to hear something different, and like he kind of like he actually gets the the the, the surroundings. Yeah. This is a likable bunch. I, if if nothing else, this is going to be a a fun team to cover. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Phone lines open for the next hour. We've got Chris Gedney set to join us at one thirty. We'll talk some SU football with Geds as Syracuse uh, gets set to t- uh, head down to Tallahassee, Florida, to take on the Florida State Seminoles. Need to step aside. Back after this on Orange Nation.